For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're looking for an online sportsbook with fast payouts and an easy-to-use interface? Look no further than MyBookie.ag. Payouts in only two business days, the best customer service out there, the best odds, and even live betting. Go take a look at MyBookie.ag, and once you figure out that it's the best, sign up with promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at Chris B. Giannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. This is Winning Cures Everything, number 198, on Monday, February 26th, and we're welcoming into the show for the first time Peter Burns, ESPN SEC Network studio anchor and ESPN radio host. You can follow him on Twitter, at Peter Burns ESPN. Uh, Peter, what's going on, buddy? How's the golf game? Man, you know what? Uh, few and far in between. You know, it's been a little bit. Uh, our studios are based here in Charlotte, so uh, it's been a little bit cooler than uh, expected. Uh, you know, this winter. But uh, and I got a I got a three month old daughter. So in the middle of this podcast, if you hear me uh, having to, uh, you, you hear a couple of little little wails and uh, little baby cries. <laughs> that's because I got a uh, little bow in the other room hanging out. <laughs> I understand. I understand. My my wife is pregnant. We are uh, we are expecting May third. Oh. So I, I will be doing a lot of the same stuff that you're talking about. <laughs> So uh, let's. Uh, thought, is it your first one? Or? This is my second. So I I have a twelve. Oh, okay, okay, and good. and I've gone twelve years oh, wow. in between. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a little strange because <laughs> I'm dealing with the preteen stuff right now, and and then we have a newborn right. coming. So, um, I I did mm. I did get at least like a taste of it. My uh, my little brother uh, had his first daughter back in October, I guess. So, so okay. I've been around that. So I'm I'm getting reacclimated, if you will, uh, to what we're you know what what's coming. This will be my my wife's first, uh, but my second. So it's it's a little it's a little different. Um, before we get to some some current news, for first time guests into the show, I, I kind of like to dive into backgrounds. Now you've you've got an outstanding blog post you wrote on Facebook a couple of years ago that talks about you know what a blessing starting over can actually be. What made you mm-hmm. want to be a, a sports radio host, and, and how did the net, uh, SEC Network gig come about? Um, I mean, basically kind of one of those deals where, you know, just kind of luck of the draw. I mean, it, I, I actually got into the industry. I was in the sports uh, – I was in the gas and oil industry way back in the day. And um, what was kind of cool is I used to drive around a bunch through South Texas, and 
you know, there just wasn't anything to listen to. So I started listening to a little sports talk radio and listened to Tony Bruno and Andrew Siciliano back in the day. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I kind of think this is cool. And so what I ended up, what ended up happening is that they had a contest. This is back in like 2002 to, um, kind of be, be a radio show host for a day. So I ended up, uh, putting in an audition tape and somehow I ended up winning it, believe it or not. So I flew out to, um, I flew out to Los Angeles, hosted for a day, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is the coolest thing ever. I like, This is what I want to do for a living. So went to the sports radio station there in San Antonio uh, where I was living at the time and said, hey, I'll take any job you have. And, of course, they weren't just going to put me on air because I had never been on air before. Um, but what they ended up doing is saying, hey, um, why don't you take this phone book and learn how to sell advertising? And so I uh, had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. So did that for a while. And, um, and, you know, after, you know, sooner or later, about a year and a half in, they're like, Hey, we're going to give you, you know, opportunity to do a, a morning show. I'm like, Oh, this is great. I'm going to be a star. And they're like, yeah, it's going to be like Saturday mornings at like 6am. <laughs> I was like, uh, all right, well, no one, everybody's going to be like hungover and no one's going to care, but it was perfect. It was an opportunity for me to, you know, kind of learn, learn the tricks of the trade. And that kind of eventually grew and, um, you know, started doing a morning show a couple of months later, uh, Monday through Friday, and then did a national show for Fox Sports Radio. So it kind of grew from there, and um, yeah, was living my dream life. I had a you know had a great job. I had a um, he was doing sports talk radio, and honestly, it just got a little little big for my britches. You know, thought thought you know, hey, I was 27 years old, I was single, I was living the life, and and uh, you know, just just kind of got a little cocky. And one day I walked in. It was the morning after. Um, you know, the national championship game that uh, Greg McElroy in Alabama ended up winning. Um, you know, that yeah, I, I the, went into we're, we're my Cole office McCoy and they said, yeah, I'm yeah, ready. Cole McCoy. Yeah, the Cole McCoy injury. And um, and eventually what ended up happening is they said, hey, listen, it's, um, you know, thanks, but we're, we're done. And kind of it was a uh, kind of a, you know, a eye-opening um, thing for me to, to go ahead and say, Hey, listen, I had everything that I ever wanted in you know, my dream job. And I just threw it away because I had been cocky. So, um, and, and ultimately, as you know, in that blog post, I, I think it ended up turning me into what I hope to be as a, as a pretty decent host now. And the fact of it, I, I kind of learned my lesson. I was humbled and, and realized, you know, if you ever, ever are blessed with an opportunity, you take advantage of it, be thankful for it every single day, instead of acting like, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're the best things in sliced bread. Do you feel like, you know, now back then it was a little bit different because not everybody had a voice, right? Everybody talked sports and whatnot, but there were only a select few that that could actually get their voice out there. With social media and whatnot, do you feel like this is better for for sports? Like, is there more interest in sports because, you know, there's guys like me that have podcasts and whatnot that can actually generate a uh, a large audience, but there's also people on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. It, is that better for sports, or do you feel like uh, yeah, maybe I think it's, it works? I think it's fantastic. I mean, just the idea that if you know, I mean, you you have a, a great listenership in your podcast. I mean, and you know, and, and people can, and like you said, share their own. I mean, listen, we all have our opinions about sports. We just never really had a platform to be able to go out and do it. I mean, if I hadn't been lucky enough to do what I do right now that's exactly what I'd be doing is doing a podcast or tweeting about it because everybody has their opinions. And, and just because, you know, I work, you know, I, 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 this is what I get paid to do. And this is what I I do for a living now. Doesn't mean my thoughts traditionally are that much, you know, any smarter or any different than, you know, anybody else who's, you know, maybe listening or, 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 
you know, talking about sports right now and, and are just watching it. I mean, so, you know, for me, I, I think the more voices that we can have in sports are great. And I think that's why technology has been so huge lately, giving people the opportunity to do stuff, um, you know, and to be a part of, uh, a part of, you know, technology of podcast and tweeting and stuff like that, because we're finding so much new talent that we've never seen before. And people have more opportunities now to get into sports media than they've ever had. Now, I, I started out, I used to tour, I was in a band and whatnot, and, you know, I'm, I'm off the road now, but even with the home life and, and working a job and, and doing this and whatnot, it can be a little overwhelming keeping up with everything that's going on. Is it overwhelming knowing that you need to be in the loop on so many different sports at the same time? Like, How much time do you spend away from work, you know, paying attention to scores, checking Twitter, et cetera? Probably way too much. I mean, as my wife says, you know, I've always seemed to have tweet deck open on my laptop. You know, and I think that's that's just more of kind of sports is no longer just hey, what let's what what happened over this week or what happened over the weekend. You know, now it, it is, you know, the people that follow us or the people that you know you or me or whoever it is that talks about sports. You know, we are we we are expected to be in the loop twenty four seven. I mean, especially when breaking news happens. You know, everything that's going on with this FBI investigation into college sports. Hey, you kind of need to know something. You know, you kind of need to know what's happening right now because you don't want to do an interview where news just broke, um, and 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 you're not up to speed. So yeah, I, I I spend a lot of time on it, but it's it's not as if I'm spending a lot of time digging the ditch or doing accounting. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, we're we're um. I'm I'm talking about or watching sports. There could be a whole lot worse things to do in life. Now, you were working in Denver when the SEC Network job came about. How much did you actually yes. pay attention to the SEC before you got the job? Uh, I still did, simply for the fact that, you know, like this was my love. I mean, I'm, I'm originally from Baton Rouge, so for me it was always something that, you know, I – you know, I wanted to do. And, and, and so the, the thing is, I always paid attention real closely to LSU sports because I'm from Baton Rouge. Uh, I paid attention to the SEC just because SEC football was incredible. Um, and now where, where there was a learning curve was coming in and just knowing, hey, everything that's been happening in the league over the last five years in SEC baseball and softball and, basket, you know, sports that weren't really covered. And that's what, why the SEC network does so well right now is because we really truly cover every single thing. So if you're an SEC fan, you're a one-stop shop. And I think we've kind of become, whether it's political or sports-wise, we, we go into our own – we go into the silos that we really want anymore, right? Like, you right. know, whether you're conservative or liberal, you, you traditionally consume T-Hable news that way. And we're kind of moving that way into sports that, hey, I can watch ESPN – but I'm not really going to know much about, let's say, Florida basketball. That, that's not going to be covered a lot on ESPN, or I'm not going to learn a lot about LSU baseball on ESPN. But now we have ESPN has the SEC network to where, hey, if these are the things you truly care about, we're, we're going to super serve the client or, and, and the customer. Now, it, is there a favorite sport for you to cover? Like, are you more into SEC football, or would you rather cover baseball, basketball, Ooh, golf, whatever? I, I love – listen, everybody loves football, and, and, and rightfully so. I have just absolutely grown to love uh, – I mean, I, I always loved playing uh, uh, baseball growing up. I was always a baseball kid. So baseball is hi- highly up on, on, on my list. And I really enjoyed watching SEC softball because it basically is – you know, everything is two hours. It goes by real quick, so it's been a blast. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's on my list as well too. All right, now let's move on to a subject that you brought up. It's it's brought out the most opinions over the last three days or so, and that's the FBI investigation into college basketball. 
Uh, when you first right. heard some of the names of the players in the schools that were mentioned in that Yahoo story, uh, were you at all surprised, or or was it about what you expected it to be? Um, I, it was what I expected it to be because that's kind of what's going on in the world of sports, right? Like I I, I knew that that's kind of where we've been at that people have been getting paid, you know, for a while, and 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 I I can I could honestly tell you that there is a lot of people that are are happy that this happened. You know, like no nobody's happy. You know, hey, that the sport has a kind of a little bit of a black eye on it. But what they're happy about is that now so many of these coach, the coaches and these handlers and stuff like that, they don't have to worry about. You know, they're glad the FBI stepped in because now they hopefully it becomes a little bit more of a, you know, it becomes a little bit on the up and up now, right? Like yeah. everybody, everybody does the same exact thing. So. Um, yeah, that's that's what we're kind of hoping for is that in the sport, um, you know, it, it it works a little bit better because there's so many coaches. I mean, I, I what I liken it to, as I'm coming in here to get my little daughter real quick, <laughs> what I liken it to is um, is the fact of the steroid thing in baseball, right? Like, I mean, in steroids, there were clean players um, that didn't didn't use, and they saw the Barry Bonds, they saw the Sammy Sosa's, they saw those guys you know, doing well using steroids and they were, they really wanted somebody to step in and clean up the sport because that was going to level the playing field. I think that's going to be the case with, with what happens to this FBI investigation, the college basketball. Now I'm of the belief that this could actually end up helping the NCAA. Uh, it one from what you were talking about, but on the other side, there are more people talking about this sport right now leading up to March madness. than I remember there being in the last several years. And I think that people right. will be, be watching games just because of the amount of talk do you agree with that uh yeah i think it's a one-year bump you know because there's going to be interest because people are going to talk about it um i always laugh when people said oh i guess the ncla now is going to rule all of these kids ineligible and i'm like i don't think that's going to be the case <laughs> like the ncla just took 32 billion dollars from you know from their television partner to air the game so i think the last thing they're going to do is go declare duke and north carolina and kentucky and all the blue bloods uh I don't think they're going to uh, make them ineligible for the tournament. Uh, I don't see that happening because, you know, and that ultimately is kind of the issue where it comes down to, right, it is the fact of when there is billions of dollars at stake. No, You know, when there were millions of dollars at stake, nobody really kind of said anything, and it was kind of, hey, all right, you know, how, how are you going to take care of the players? Well, they get a good education. Now, you know, it, it is when you're talking billions of dollars, it's tough. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's tough because there's such a class uh, discrepancy between the upper class and those who make the billions and the working class who are just going to school on a scholarship, you know, and there's no true middle class um, because the rich have gotten richer. And I think that's kind of all college athletics. So I think that's where they find themselves right now of the, the NCAA. Maybe they needed this to kind of reevaluate what they do. I, my parents always told me an important saying: "Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered." And 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 <laughs> really, wonderful. it was it was a fact of saying, "Hey, listen, you can get fat at the trough all day long, and you can do that, but when you get greedy, you become a hog, and your hog gets slaughtered." And I and I kind of feel like that's where we're at with the NCAA right now: is that hey, you probably need to reevaluate before all of a sudden this really turns. I mean, the FBI stepping in, I think, is great for the college sport because it can level the playing field. But it's also better because what if, you know, gosh forbid, in two years from now, all of a sudden, you know, every single college athlete got together using social media and said, hey, you know what, we're just not going to play. 
until you know we're all going to every single I'm, I'm a baseball player at this school at, at, at Southern Cal and I'm a football player at Michigan and I'm a basketball player at UConn hey guess what we all got together through the power of social media and hashtags and, and whatnot and we're just frankly not going to to play I mean that that that, that could have happened unless the NCAA kind of steps in and kind of probably writes this ship do you rather than the status quo of you know paying the players? What do you mm. think the NCAA could do that would be a solution to fixing this mess currently? Like, would it would it be uh, allowing agents? Would it be uh, going the Olympic model? Like, what what is your opinion on on the best way to go about it? I, I think you brought up two really interesting points. One is that they do allow agents in certain sports. If I'm not mistaken, right. I think hockey. I, I want to uh, say hockey or yeah. baseball, right? Like. And, and that hasn't ruined the sport. You know, I mean, that, that it's still college college athletics. I mean, I think that is one way to kind of slow it down is create the way that there is some type of clearinghouse for that those agents because that's, that's what these these guys are getting paid for is to steer them towards an agent. Like, I don't, I don't care if a kid has an agent. That's fine. I mean, you know, there's no different than what if this uh, uh, a college kid getting a, a consulting firm uh, to help him, you know, or paying a headhunter or being a part of a headhunter to get him a job in, a, in the accounting or engineering department. Like, I, that doesn't bother me. Um, so that would help take care of it. Also, I, I have no problem with kids being compensated by using their own likeness. For instance, if all of a sudden, hey, um, whatever, uh, Shell Pennzoil wants to come in and say, hey, you know what, we think that uh, Trey Young, the incredible basketball player for Oklahoma, we, we want him to be a spokesperson – Good for him. Like that. Like I have no problem, and I think they should cap it. You know, I don't. I, I think that you should go in there and have a clearinghouse for sponsors to say, hey, "Listen, we're going to cap this at whatever it is, a hundred thousand dollars a year," um, and that a kid can make in, in as far as endorsing products. I got no problem with that as long as it doesn't take away from his workload or or him playing. Um, you know what, what his responsibilities are as, as a as an athlete. So. I don't believe in paying the players and getting them a salary. I, I just don't think that works um, because of, of, of the way NCAA will work and how many in Title IX and whatnot. But, you know, I have no problem if a kid is going to get paid $50 for an autograph signing. Like, I, I mean, hey, you're a star. I'm showing up to watch you because you're a star, not because of necessarily the school sometimes. Now, for the last couple of minutes that I got you, let's let's talk some SEC basketball. Uh, yeah. Is this the most exciting, unpredictable season you've you've experienced since the uh, network started? It's unbelievable. I, I can tell you, I remember going into SEC studios probably you know two years ago, and when you know, and when the product was frankly bad. You know, we only had three oh, yeah. tournament teams. It was just a you know slow, methodical, just ugly style basketball. And I can remember, and, and we'd always come off a great football season, and then we just completely downshift into this like bleak wasteland of sports because SEC <laughs> basketball was so bad. And I said, you know what, I, I, this is as much fun I've ever had covering basketball because there's there's not a weak team. I mean, even Ole Miss, who's at the bottom of the of the rankings, and Coach Kennedy is gone. Um, you know, this team just beat a Missouri squad that's been talented. So, I mean, there's not a quote-unquote just bye week this week. All the teams are competitive, and and I think that's a credit to the SEC as a as a conference because they really talked to the, the schools and said, hey, listen, let's take the next step. We're great at every other sport except for basketball. Now, obviously, that excludes Arkansas and Kentucky. 
and uh, they made the schedules a lot tougher. Uh, they hired big name coaches like Avery Johnson and Rick Barnes and Ben Hallen. Um, and it's really paying off. And, and so I, I could tell you this, this is by far the most excited we've been to show up in, uh, on Saturdays in January and February in a, in a, in a long time. <laughs> now, it, t- tell me this. I know you keep up with more than just the SEC. Uh, thanks to RPI ratings, et cetera, like, like you just talked about, it, it, there's a lot of good teams uh, in this conference this right. year. Now, it, is it actually the case where everybody is pretty good? Or is everybody just average and they're beating up on each other? Like, what what can we expect heading into the uh, to the tournament? I think that's the great thing about college basketball is that the, the the fact is we do have a tournament at the end of the year to where we can kind of figure out, hey, we've been bumping our chest. Is the ACC really that good, or is the SEC really taking that next step? And, and we don't know. I will say this, and you know, I mean, the Big Twelve is traditionally a consistently solid conference, and I know the SEC paired up really well with them in that SEC Big Twelve challenge that they had. Um, a couple of weeks ago, so I think that was encouraging. I think Tennessee is a really strong squad right now. I think they might be the most consistent team. Um, uh, you know, Auburn, of course, has been fantastic, but I worry about them not having Anthony Mclemore. You know, that they're already undersized as it is. So, and Texas A&M is a team that has the length of any kind of contender. They just play very inconsistent. So. I mean, I, I would be I would be surprised if there's not at least three teams playing in the Sweet 16 from the conference, and that and that and that's something I can't I I wouldn't have said years prior. He is Peter Burns from ESPN and the SEC Network. If you're not already, follow him on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN. You can always catch him on the SEC Network, whether it's filling in for Feinbaum or hosting a studio show, etc. Uh, Peter, you've been magnificent. Thank you for coming on. I look forward to having you back in the near future. What are you looking forward to most? Real quick before we go, I, I appreciate the invite, but like, what what is it that you know when when we look at SEC basketball? Call call your shot when you're <laughs> when you're watching the league right now. What what do you like doing? Or what do you like seeing? Look, I'm going to tell you, my dad was he is an Alabama alum, right? So I'm I'm curious okay. what Avery Johnson is going to be able to do. I'm interested in whether or not Auburn and Tennessee actually have the talent to be able to mm-hmm. to go further in March, right? So it, it wants, right. if they can get past that first weekend, because that, it, they don't have a lot of talent as far as the numbers show, but they've played really well and really consistently. Um, Arkansas and Kentucky, I'm curious what they're going to do as far as I know that they've got talent, but they've been inconsistent all year. So who's actually right. going to show up at the right time? That's what I'm the most interested in. Um you know, I mean, there's there's Which a lot crazy to it. because last year, right? Like last year, we had South Carolina and nobody. Oh heck, we didn't even think they might be, make the tournament, and they turned into a Final Four team. Like I think oh, that's, yeah. that's the craziness uh, of how do how do we look at those teams? Because I'm with you, like on Arkansas and Alabama. I mean, Alabama losing three straight games, and Arkansas being just kind of all over the map. Um, you know, could those teams catch catch fire? I I, I have no idea. That's what makes sports the greatest uh, television drama uh, week to week. There's there's a lot of talent on a lot of these teams, and it just depends on which yeah. ones will will show up at the right time. I, this year has been incredibly exciting, just because you've got teams like Villanova that you know go on the road and get beat by Creighton, and you you don't know who's going right. to win week in and week out. So I, I think this will be yeah, a lot of fun. I mean, I can't wait. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a bracket filled out, as you will as well, and we'll probably both be uh, sitting there going, "How in the world did we get this bracket so wrong by the first uh, by the first uh, you know six hours of, of the Thursday of the opener of the tournament?" But oh, it, uh, it happens every hey, year. Like I said, 
<laughs> and that'll never change, will it? You got that right. You got that right. This has been wonderful. Thank you for coming in. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. You uh, you good with coming back? Uh, you know, maybe in a month or so. Absolutely. Yeah. Just hit me up, and we'll make it happen. I, this was great. That's fantastic. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Man. All right. Take care. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899 and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show and until next time, have a good one guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Le Bonheur's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.